0: Welcome, everyone, to the Cardio Seeds Podcast. I'm Dr. Svetlana Shimon, your host. Today, we will explore the present and future of American healthcare, discussing ways to optimize the system and improve the well-being of medical professionals. So if you are with us, let's dive right in and begin this exciting journey together. Hello, dear listeners and viewers, and welcome to today's episode of Cardio Seeds Podcast that we decided to name from ancient science to modern science and everything in between. I'm your host, Dr. Svetlana Shamon, and I'm super excited about our guest today because with us here in the studio is Dr. Prachi Gavrodia, who is a specialist in integrative medicine. She will tell us all about integrative medicine and more because she knows all about it, and she practices so many amazing things that some of them I have a hard time to even pronounce. Dr. Garodia is ever-evolving. Journey in integrative medicine started 20 plus years back. She is a triple board certified in internal medicine, integrative medicine, and lifestyle medicine, and a nationally board certified health and wellness coach. Currently, Dr. Garode serves as a clinical director and service chief for whole health at Miami Veterans Administration. She is also a national education champion for whole health at the Office of Patient-Centered Care and Cultural Transformation at the VA. Dr. Garode also co-chairs the happiness science. And Positive Health uh, MIG, its member interest group of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, and also serves on the boards of several different nonprofits. Dr. Garoda is an expert in functional medicine, Ayurveda, meditation, and mindfulness techniques, positive psychology, and clinical hypnosis. Dr. Garode is a certified instructor of battlefield acupuncture, an advanced trainer for mind-body medicine through the Center for Mind-Body Medicine, an IRest Yoga Nidra Level Two trainer, a certified biofeedback heart mass resilience advantage trainer, and is a faculty at Vivekananda Yoga University in yoga therapy. She has published multiple journal articles and co-authored several book chapters. Dr. Garuda is passionate about educating her colleagues and patients regarding the various ways to spark our innate capacity to heal. For more information, please check out com. Dear Dr. Garodia, welcome to the Cardio Seeds Podcast. It's our pleasure and honor to have you on today. And I hope, Prachi, you don't mind if I call you just Prachi, because we have known one another for more than a couple of days. Totally. Thank you,
1: Lana. And thank you, Dr. Shimoon Swetlana. Lana, as I love to call you, (laughs) for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here and share, you know, some stories of my journey with you and whatever I have learned on this way, which is a long, fun, but not always steady way. You know, it's always turns and twists in the journey of life. Oh my goodness.
0: Yes, yes. You know, I've been following your journey for quite a while and it's been quite a journey, right? And you will tell us all about it. I am actually fascinated with mind body connection. You know, my mom um, was a professor of psychiatry and she wrote when I was growing up, she wrote a few, more than a few actually, (laughs) self-help books um, that are still on my desk till now. And, um, they helped me tremendously throughout my life, and some of them, some of her manuscripts and finished manuscripts are still in my desk, and um, I've to finish them after she passed away a couple of years ago. And um, uh, I always um, uh, use self care, so you know so much more about it because I'm kind of a traditional physician, more or less. And you made all this journey from. Internal medicine to integrative medicine to lifestyle medicine to health, health and wellness coaching. And, but as a lifestyle medicine physician and a cardiologist who specializes, um, you know, in physician and healthcare professional burnout, I. Study a strong relationship between um, everyday stress and cardiovascular disease. So I really invite you today to have a conversation with me that I would like to have about using non-traditional mind-body techniques that you know so much about to heal our bodies and our minds and to reduce burnout. And you can enlighten us in so many ways um, about those things. But first of all, Prachi, where did you grow up and how did you become a physician? And in simple terms, what's integrative medicine and what was your path from a regular internal medicine physician to integrative medicine? I know it's a long question.
1: No problem, Lana, I can tell you my story. I grew up in India and thank you for inviting all of those questions. I would love answering those. So definitely, um, starting with where I was born and grew up was in India. And I'm really, really grateful to be born in this beautiful country with lovely culture and, you know, a lot of human connection and uh, also a lot of good food and good traditions, which I, you know, grew up in. So since I was a child, I was always drawn towards healing. So whether it was like a bird baby, which has fallen off the nest or little <laughs> puppies or little stray, you know, kittens or some stray animals, so I was always tending to them, little squirrels. So since childhood, I was like babying them and mothering them. And I can see you nodding your head for sure. Yeah. So, you know, just, just um, healing them, nurturing, mothering, so, and releasing. so. That was my childhood. I was surrounded by nature in our school and in our environment and had a very happy childhood um, to start with. Mm -hmm. My mom used to take us to local healers, including Ayurvedic healers, Vedyas, which are traditional physicians in Ayurveda. And also my dad used to practice yoga. So we watched him You know, practicing yoga daily when we were growing up as children and started, you know, copying him and then went to his teacher to learn also. But that obviously took a break when I got really busy with my studies and then grew up to, you know, be a doctor. I've wanted to be a doctor since the age of four. I had several family members, including aunts, who were doctors. So they were my role model. And, Mm -hmm. um, And then finally, actually, I pursued intensive yoga training during my medical college because Mm -hmm. I knew it it provided a lot more than just body flexibility and, you know, improved posture and all of Mm -hmm. that. So there was evidence of mind-body connection, which I felt in childhood by practicing yoga and some meditation and some chanting So um, all of those things obviously imprinted deeply in the psyche and sort of wanted me to continue practicing those things later. What
0: did you What did you feel? Exactly. I felt yeah. Mm -hmm. So I
1: Mm -hmm. felt really quiet and calm and at peace. What a wonderful child you are! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I teach my I teach my nephews and nieces also. My parents must have been like, "Keep doing that. Keep doing that practice." Oh, I was pretty naughty too, in my days. you know I was a tomboy, and I used to jump from trees and you know be out in nature running around
0: so it was a balancing balancing practice for you right right okay totally yeah. totally so it was internally it was calming um and balancing whatever whatever other urges for a growing teenager, whatever <laughs> yeah, it's interesting mm-hmm. okay yeah. keep, going, keep going yeah, yeah and I was I'm an listening. introvert.
1: Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I found it easier to connect with nature and animals and birds. Um, being an introvert, so you know, I could express and talk to them much more easier talk to my plants, talk to my caterpillars, and <laughs> butterflies and little insects. Watch ants for hours, crawling in, mm. so those kind of things, mm. but uh, we did have a good you know nice family, extended family staying together, so we used to play together and interact um very well too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: so all of that, yeah, continued obviously um during my medical college. I used to actually prescribe you know probiotics and tell people to be watchful about, you know, not taking antibiotics or not needing antibiotics if they're just having a viral infection and really convincing them and talking to them about improving their diet and lifestyle during that time and stress management. uh, This was like 25 years back in my medical college. Mm -hmm. So all of that really helped. And I did notice an improvement in Mm -hmm. my own health and my patients' health since then. Mm -hmm. So after I came here in the U.S. to get further training and completed my residency, got my board certification and started practicing is when I noticed a drastic difference in what I was equipped with. Because remember, culturally back in India, people knew about yoga, people knew about Ayurveda and homeopathy and natural living. But here, everything was a no-no around that, you know, those those cultural things. Mm-hmm. So that became a struggle for me in a way that I couldn't just tell patients to, you know, learn meditation or do yoga practices or breathing practices, you know, which is part of yoga practice also. Mm-hmm. So then I felt really limited in what I can offer them. And that inspired me, um, you know, I had just got married. My husband said, do you want to pursue more integrative training? And he inspired me to actually go back to India to get advanced training, because what I had learned in the past was just for self-care. Mm-hmm. So he inspired me to go back there and spe- we spent nearly two years back and forth. And I dedicated that time to learning Ayurveda, yoga, various types of meditative practices, with the intention of treating and healing patients, um, mm-hmm. and also acupuncture, both the uh, you know body and current, um, but using the current and uh, cosmetic ac- acupuncture. So all of those things I trained in, and when I got back here, then I got further board certification in integrative medicine. And then I felt more confident about making the recommendation with evidence-based in the Western modern times um, and recommending all of those therapies mm-hmm. to, to my patients.
0: Mm-hmm. So in a nutshell, Prachi, what is integrative medicine? People don't really know what those words mean. Can, can you Can you just explain? Sure. And, and, and it what, is, techniques, what, what techniques, what practices it, it, it involves?
1: Yeah. So there is a lot of confusion because first it was complementary and, um, you know, alternative medicine. That was the right. term. But recently since... So it's um, the same. It was the same term for integrative medicine in the past? It transformed because... Okay so complementary and alternative medicine is complementary is something you know the modern traditional medicine as we say it's mm-hmm. very evidence based you know randomized controlled trial double blind right. studies and all of that mm-hmm. complementary medicine is from different traditions which has found to be useful with mm-hmm. evidence and it's complementing that you know yeah. it's supporting that basically right. the modern traditional medicine alternative medicine typically does not have much of um evidence or it might have some evidence, but people are choosing not to follow the tradition and only
0: focus on alternate. Mm-hmm.
1: So that's the difference between the terms integrating like
0: herb, herbs, for instance, using herbs. Would that be
1: yeah? I mean, herbs okay. could be a pass. Part of alternatives. Alternative, some herbs. Yeah. Some herbs have great evidence. For example, right. curcumin, turmeric. You know mm-hmm. that has great evidence, and mm-hmm. that can be used along with <laughs> digitalis. <modern> <laughs> <medicine>. <laughs> yeah, digitalis, which obviously yeah. you know, yeah, yeah right, was right,
0: right. derived okay. from mm-hmm. that. So a mm-hmm.
1: lot of lot of uh, modern medicines actually mm-hmm. are like nearly half or more of modern medicines the inspiration or the derivation is from plant-based medicine, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. herbs and herbals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So aspirin, you know, all of those, they, they come from those.
0: So, so, so uh, yeah. Coming, go ahead, go back,
1: coming back to the integrative part. So what you mm-hmm. can actually integrate and blend together with modern traditional medicine is mm-hmm. called integrative medicine. It's very strongly evidence-based.
0: Okay, and what are those techniques or what's the blend? <laughs>
1: sure, sure. Yeah, so for example, I work at the VA and the VA is obviously very evidence-based. You know, we serve our veterans with the in the best way possible. So there are eight complementary and integrative health modalities which have been defined at the VA as evidence-backed or evidence-strong besides chiropractic care, which is more like traditional, you know, part of the traditional yeah, medicine model, of course, of course. so and physical therapy, recreational therapy, all of those are evidence-backed and evidence-strong, so they are already part of traditional medical model. So things like, for example, acupuncture, yoga, meditation, tai chi, qigong, you know, similar uh, practices from traditional Chinese medicine, Guided imagery, biofeedback, Mm -hmm. clinical hypnosis, all of these are techniques and modalities which have strong evidence backing so for Mm -hmm. certain condition could be for certain condition or for general broad-based conditions like for stress management for example right right
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and um and yoga for instance there are so many types of yoga right are there any types of yogas that are more evidence-based or are preferred Um, In your practices or in integrative medicine in general, or yoga is just a large umbrella that whoever, you know, the different practitioners use whatever techniques that they prefer. Let's take a quick break and announce that my new book titled Resilience in Scrubs, Thriving as a Woman Resident Physician, is now available on Amazon in Kindle and paperback formats. It's really a self-help book for women physicians. It's packed with valuable toolkits and resources on a variety of topics from gender dynamics, resilience and wellness, salary negotiations, work life, and Family integration, embracing leadership roles, exploring career pivots, personal wellness, and much, much more. It makes a great gift to any. Uh, woman physician you may know. So please, please check out um, on Amazon. The title is Resilience in Scrubs Thriving as a Woman Resident Physician. And the best part is that I will donate all the proceeds from the sales of this book um, back to the American College of Lifestyle Medicine to support new members, uh, resident members of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. And we cannot do it without you Thank you so much for your support.
1: Yeah, so thank you for asking the very relevant question in today's time because this is like the modern time of yoga. You yeah. know there was a Vedic you know in the history there's a transition Vedic you know pre-classical, classical, modern yoga. So what we are seeing is a transformed and evolutionary, style of yoga in the classical style uh, basically it's you know yoga is a philosophy of living mm-hmm. and yoga the huge word means to join a union or to yoke and but what are we joining right it's the mind body and soul connection with mm-hmm. the consciousness which we are looking at in yoga. So yoga is not just about physical postures or you know acrobatics or bear <laughs> yoga or go to yoga or funny. I mean, you can still have fun. There's laughter yoga. So right. that's
0: my favorite. Because, yeah, I know.
1: So laughter is obviously the best medicine. Happiness, positive psychology, all of that is based on that, you know, on the evidence, on how happy you feel. And happiness is not dependent on external objects. You know you you might not be very rich, but inside, how satisfied and fulfilled you the joy, joy, right? Purpose in life. Right, yeah, right. the joy, you know, joy. so not depending on external yeah. uh, you know external objects Circum- circumstances circumstances, right. objects, yeah. but just having that internal feeling yeah. of joy. Sure. Sort of yeah, yeah continuous and, and oh, so yeah. yoga is that state of achieving that bliss state of continuous joy without any dips and you know breaks oh, and, uh, yeah it, <laughs> it sounds really good in <laughs>
0: yoga state <laughs> yeah sure. practice yoga 7
1: 365 yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yoga actually has eight you know, traditional yoga in the yes. in the ancient writings and scriptures, which mm-hmm. go back thousands of years back. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are the eight limbs, you know, the eight limbs of yoga, starting mm-hmm. with the basic foundation of do's and don'ts, both for personal purpose and for society and outside uh, performance. So, mm-hmm. for example, the do's and don'ts, for example, try to speak the truth, try not to steal or covet other people's things or, you know, ownerships. What they am- own.
0: amendments.
1: <laughs> Amendment, yes. Yeah, eight, <laughs> eight amendments.
0: amendments.
1: of yoga. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, the 10 amendments mm-hmm. and then the yeah. doing things. So really. yama, niyama, and then comes the asanas, which is the postures. Then Prana. comes the pranayama, which is the breathing. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the pratyah, the withdrawal of the senses. Tharana is focusing, concentrating. Dhyana is actually meditating. With the, and there's not doing but being in meditation. And finally, mm-hmm. Samadhi, the final connection of oneness. You know. Right. So that was the eight steps, sort of steppage or limbs of yoga.
0: Right. Right. Wow, that's amazing. So, so Prajha, let's um let's talk more about um stress we just said that right i'm kind of i'm kind of trying to blend this conversation from you into our practices into our lives into our mutual interests here right sure so you know that um i am with um you know, I co-chair this member interest group, cardiology member interest group that we together, you know, we communicate about. And I am very interested in in your member interest group. And uh, most recently, I opened this subcommittee on work-life balance and cardiovascular health that I really, I really realized that. Uh, what we don't talk about um, often is that stress of everyday life and our work-related burnouts is probably one of the major, major cardiovascular risk factors um, that factors into hypertension, hypercholesterolemia, um, you know, obesity through increased um hunger and hormonal dysregulation and all that stuff. And I don't even mention coronary atherosclerosis, sudden cardiac death through inst- instability of the plaques and atrial fibrillation that was just most recently published in the European Society of Cardiology, you know, strokes related to that. So the whole, the whole event. So in any case, <laughs> however, however, When I speak, um, which I do frequently, to our fellow practitioners about burnout reduction and all the facets that uh, facets that related are related to the burnout reduction, they talk to me this way. They say, "You know, Dr. Shimon and Alana, including including our trainees, we have about three minutes (laughs) in our day uh, to pee, to eat, and to." You know, to sit down. One one more minute left. <laughs> so, Prachi, when we deal with this um, terrific pace or horrible pace, I should say, of our daily life and our practitioners that really don't have time to breathe, and sometimes have thirty-five patients to see every day, how can they incorporate what? techniques can they incorporate in their everyday life maybe there are shorter versions of yoga that has eight limbs (laughs) Uh, maybe there are shorter versions of breathing techniques of mindfulness meditation techniques Uh, what do you advise what is your best assessment of this whole situation Sure.
1: Oh my God, Lana, this is such a you know relevant topic to all of
0: us suffering from burnout. know. the easiest for me to say, you know, guys, chill. You don't have to work this much, but that's impossible. We know this. We would lose our medicine. We would lose thirty percent of our physicians if everyone who doesn't, who cannot keep up, just quits. So we need to keep them where they are. We need to distress them. So. What's your yeah. wisdom?
1: Yeah, so it's <laughs> definitely. I mean, I struggled with it sort of integrating those practices in my life in the beginning, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. definitely with practice and consistency of practice, like daily, yeah. several times daily, it becomes part of your life. So for example, there are several breathing, of, or mindful awareness practices, which are short and you can practice it in your relaxed time outside of work consistently and you do, you can practice those with your eyes open you don't have to close your eyes with <laughs> that so that's beneficial but definitely in the beginning when you are starting those practices it's always advisable to take time out do it in a quiet place slow pace you know and give mm-hmm. so your body experiences the full benefit of doing it and as you get more established as you embody the practices then you can carry on your life so my spiritual teacher for example he told he recommended that between every patient i take two full deep breaths as simple as that that was the basic first start he recommended me to do so between every patient like whether it's a virtual visit or a mm-hmm. face-to-face visit mm-hmm. i just gather myself back take nice deep deep
0: abdominal breaths okay just, let's do it together just now okay. let's let's do it me. let's do it okay, okay sure all me. right
1: so okay. i will i will invite you to just settle in wherever you are in okay. your chair
0: and okay. seat and
1: okay. then you know if you want to lower your gaze to a soft gaze in front of you. Okay, that's perfectly fine. If you feel like your eyes want to close, and I'll definitely—they just just closed. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Okay, now fill up your lungs and chest, and notice the expansion in the lower portion of the chest, and then exhale out at your pace, your own pace, and then breathe in nice deep. Again, a little slower. Exhaling out at your own pace. And then the third breath, just notice the touch of the air on your nostrils when you're breathing in nice and deep, cleansing, and then exhaling out again. So what you can visualize is breathing in fresh air oxygen energy whatever you want to call it and then when you breathe out releasing whatever is not serving you whatever is blocking your thoughts emotions what whatever is coming up which you don't want to hold anymore so letting it release that's just awesome. awesome yeah yeah i, feel I mean just,
0: it. yeah how just, did you feel it's good. It's, it's really good. You know, I, I started doing those breathing techniques about a year and a half ago. In fact, when my mom passed, I started doing them a lot because I was so, I was devastated when she, she was gone. And this is something that really. You know, kind of keeps me grounded throughout the day sometimes. And I really notice the difference. I do notice the difference. And uh, sometimes I forget, but when I remember, I make a conscious effort to do that. Uh, So this can be done during the workday. Totally. The teacher told you to do it between each patient right each patient so you leave the room the patient room and this is what you do right do you reach your office or you just do it while walking yeah while while
1: walking walking back and if you get a chance to sit down many of us don't we walk from one room to the other you can Mm -hmm. take maybe a couple of seconds before you knock on to the next patient's door Mm -hmm. and maybe With your eyes open, just ground yourself, bring yourself back to the present moment and Mm -hmm. deeply fill your lungs, Mm -hmm. you know, through the mask. (laughs) So, (laughs) So that's one thing. What I also have done actually is teach my patients the five finger breath. Very simple. And What's it's a that? good practice for me also. So when you come in, you introduce yourself to the patient, mm-hmm. ask them how they're doing, and and re- invite them to get started with a grounding breathing practice. Mm-hmm. And you just ask them to follow, you know, you know spread your f- palm. And then we are mm-hmm. following our finger. Whenever we're breathing in, we are going up. When we are breathing down, when we do go down. To, do we- they have to
0: touch? Their their fingers.
1: It's it's good to touch because the tactile uh-huh. uh, sensation actually brings you to the present moment. You don't mm-hmm. have to touch. I mean, you can do it like this if you want, but mm-hmm. touching really brings that senses in and
0: brings them down to this present moment. So the present but, moment focuses mm-hmm. you. The focus. Yes. Yes. What about the heart centered or when they um, focus on the on the heart or yes. the square? Can you, mm-hmm. can you talk about those two techniques or are they different? Are they similar? You mean mm-hmm. the box breathing? The box breathing, Yeah,
1: yes. yeah. So yeah, that's another technique. That.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You
1: know, our Navy veterans and our Navy, uh, they yes. actually are taught box
0: breathing. Okay, tell me more about it.
1: Sure. So you, you mentally, you're looking at a, making a box. So a box. you're breathing in for a count mm-hmm. of four. Mm -hmm. You hold the breath for a count of four, Mm -hmm. you breathe out for a count of four, and -hmm. then you hold the breath outside for the count of four. And then you breathe in again for a count of four. How many times do you do that? You can do three cycles if you don't have time, Uh or you can do 10 cycles, or you can do for two minutes, five minutes, whatever works best for you. So it's very customizable. And, and we so can do it Navy right seals, now. Navy
0: seals. Navy seals. seals. This, was, this was designed for them for what to calm themselves to before, like a sniper shooting or something. Oh yeah, oh. all the all the you know, the,
1: you know the, different projects and different uh, you know things they are doing. Yeah. To bring them to the present moment, energize them, focus yeah. them, focus. improve their concentration. Yeah. All yeah. of that. Which we yeah. do as healthcare workers every right. day, right? Right. right?
0: But we don't practice those things. Yeah. Right. Without the guns, just the syringes. Without the guns. And the yeah. so stethoscope. The with with scalpel and the <laughs> stethoscope. Yeah. Pratcha, what about the heart centered?
1: Yes. Yeah. So lot of lot of research on heart centered meditations and practices, mm-hmm. including compassion, meditation, loving kindness meditation. The heart center and the heart chakra, which comes from our culture, the Indian culture, right. focusing on that because the heart is the seat of all human qualities like love, compassion, gratitude, appreciation, care, all of those human qualities, which, you know, we and which are seated right here. We just need to expand and open that center a little bit and share that with the word. Right. So for example, the biofeedback technique, which I'm trained in, it uh, teaches a heart centered breathing. And uh, th- there's a beautiful technique, which I've adapted, yeah, adapting, which is called the radiant, radiant heart. heart. So, I mean, obviously that's like three to five minutes practice. It does take time. Um, but the heart-centered breathing, just like the walking deep breath, you can practice any time. And I'll be happy to lead us through that at the end of our session, if you would like. Yeah, or I can do it now. Whatever.
0: Uh, no, let's let's do it. Let's close the session with the heart-centered. Just just remember, just don't let me go without doing us uh, us doing the heart-centered um breathing technique. Um I'm so proud to be a cardiologist. You told me so much stuff about our heart just now in a short <laughs> 30 seconds. So what are your personal favorite self-care and resilience practices? So my personal And favorite, by the way, what's the difference between resilience and self-care practices?
1: So resilience is to improve your adaptation of dealing with stress. Self-care is anything which you're doing, which takes care of the, you know, your body, your mind, all of that. So mm-hmm. so so all the resilience practices can be classified under self-care practices because you are improving your resilience, you're improving the adaptability and the capacity to deal with stress. Mm -hmm. And in biofeedback, for example, again, uh, there are a lot of practices like that which work on improving your heart rate variability, which you might be interested in as a cardiologist. Things like chanting, breathing. So there has been... uh, researchers on chanting and meditative practices with the beads which have shown that the breath slows down to a rate of six per minute and the hrv improves the heart rate variability improves which is a good thing that means there's increased coherence there's increased peacefulness in the heart and the 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 electromagnetic field of the heart radiates, it has been measured to radiate several feet, like three to four feet, versus the electromagnetic radiation from the brain, which is just three to four inches. That's the strength of the heart and how Mm -hmm. much it can heal, not just yourself, but people around you Mm -hmm. and beyond. Yeah. And beyond. <laughs> and beyond. Because because the HRV or the co coherent studies and the biofeedback, they have shown to impact people across mm-hmm. cities, countries, nations, you know, so so those sensations and the bioenergetic waves can actually impact other people across. Mm-hmm. You know, when mm-hmm. we talk about intuition, that's also evidence-based. So biofeedback also works in the similar pattern of the bioenergetic, the magnetic field, which we emanate, all of mm-hmm. us living beings. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sorry, we forgot, we deviated from your question. What was your question? <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the self-care I think, practices i think
0: yeah i think i ask you about your most um you know most cherished um what you prefer that what you love um in terms of self-care and the resilience practices your per- yes. personal favorites
1: yes so and what yoga, you practice
0: yourself you know on a daily basis like your, your routine
1: yes Thank you for asking that question. I would love to share. Since childhood, and more so since my medical college, when I in my first year of medical college, I said yes, I want to practice yoga for the fullness of it. Um, so I took a one month training, and since then, I have been practicing anywhere between. Five minutes to 20 minutes of yoga postures and breathing and meditation practices, mostly in the mornings And on weekends, I definitely get a longer practice in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that's one. That is one of my self-care practices. Also, a nighttime body scan, which is a yoga nidra practice adaptation. Yoga nidra is the yogic sleep. So you basically... Go to sleep in a slightly aware state. So, like lucid dreaming, that kind of practices. And my third practice, which I have picked up around one and a half years back, when I was going through a burnout cycle despite all of this, because you know, you are we are all humans. We do get affected. And when you are stressed, some some of these practices you know are left behind and you don't do that and it's a spiraling down cycle so i picked up at that time gratitude practice
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
1: i started doing the three good things at night time you know writing three good things which i was thankful for for that day and within a week that that research has shown to have lasting improvement, exponential increase in happiness, satisfaction, all of that in twelve weeks, um, in six weeks, twelve weeks, and up to six months. Just six days of practice, and I became. This, this is
0: Dr. Seligman's right. Yes, yeah, related. And yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, another doctors combined, but doc, uh, Dr. Mm-hmm. Ma, you know, Martin Seligman. Uh, he mm-hmm. did start the concept. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sort of make it more popular the, of positive psychology mm-hmm. and perma model and all of that
0: right yeah can you tell me more about this body scan yoga sure but, yeah.
1: the yoga nidra for me, body scan is like an MRI or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is like a mental body scan, right? So yeah. basically, I read just...
0: about. It. I definitely yeah. read about it, so I know what it is. I just want our listeners to know what it is.
1: Sure, sure. I'll be happy to share. So basically, I mean, yoga nidra go, has several steps. You know, you move from body, the breath emotions you know so sensations feeling and all but a very simplified version of body scan is you can choose to either start on your toes and scan the whole body moving upwards towards the top of the head mentally mentally or you can start from the top of the head and then go down and you can do one side of the limb first the second side or you can, once you get practice you can do both of them together with feeling sensation thoughts emotions coming up just noticing them and just being present with them i can't imagine my nose you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> right i have yeah. to look at it i have to i have to look at it physically it must it must require training it's 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 an acquired skill i must tell you prachi i tried to do it i cannot even they say imagine your heart well, imagine your, you know, air going in and out of your lungs. I can't. I can't right, do that. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. I hear you.
1: I mean, um, and that's called the interception when you actually are sort of, you know, get sort of, of more aware of sensations in your mm-hmm. body and, and sort of the breath and everything. It's fine right. tuning of that. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that if somebody is not feeling it, they are to, you know, it's just Individual perception, and mm. things change or might not change, and it's okay to just accept that. Right. So, yeah. So that's, that's amazing that's
0: funny. So so I listened to you and to this amazing vast you know amount of knowledge you have about this, and you told me about your training. You went to India to train. Tell me about this learning experiences with those sciences. You know, uh, do you have to go to India to learn about this? <laughs> uh, I mean, it must be you know a critical moment when you said, you know, I have to go to India. But what if you didn't go to India? What? What would have happened? Like, hypothetically, of course, but if people can don't have an opportunity to go to India, just just tell me what you think would happen and what are other possibilities or opportunities here, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you. And what yeah. was your, you know, all those years, how did you do this um, in detail, more detail?
1: Sure, I would love to share. So, this was 20 years back when I went to India. So, things have changed a lot for the better in the Mm -hmm. way there's a lot more availability, there's a lot more awareness, there are a lot more specialists, both who have come from India and who've got trained here, who are Mm -hmm. able to offer a lot of these trainings, which I went back and, you know, back to India and took. So, for example, yoga. Ayurveda, you know, I mean, acupuncture was already here, but it's become much more popular. There's different varieties of acupuncture uh, therapies and trainings easily available now. Similarly, in the field of yoga, there's a little bit more advanced training available now compared to 20 years back, which was only focused on body postures and maybe minimally on breath and some meditation. So it's evolved into encompassing a lot of the eight limbs of yoga Mm -hmm. and getting deeper into those practices now. And there are a lot of new breath methods like the Wim Hof method and other methods which have come up. Yoga, uh, the yoga nidra also, there's iris and there's uh, NSDR. All of those techniques have come up recently Uh, Mm -hmm. compared to what it was available several years back, a couple of decades back. So people actually can find great teachers and great training right here in the U.S. or in the Western world. A lot more work has been done in the European countries also with a lot of advanced trainings. So all of these things are easily available now. There's Ayurvedic, uh, there's NAMA, which is National uh, uh, Ayurvedic uh, Medicine Association. Association.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And they have various trainings available now um, mm-hmm. for Ayurveda too. Biofeedback, similarly, there's various institutes who are teaching uh, biofeedback, I did train through heart math. There's mm-hmm. clinical hypnosis and hypnotherapy, various institutes and organization, ASH and several others who are training that. And when I'm saying names, I don't have a preference, but these are common names and Mm -hmm. uh, you can get trained easily. Various types of meditative practices, MBSR and several others. I trained in Vipassana, in which you actually have to focus on your nose and you'll be surprised. It's 10-day complete silence practice.
0: So people could not happen to me. My husband would say I would be happy if she wants to be (laughs) like a month of of complete silence. Yes. (laughs) Oh,
1: no. So most people, I mean, not most people, but some people struggle with the silence for like three or four days. Mm -hmm. And at the third and fourth day is the maximum dropout rate because after that, it just gets intolerable to keep quiet. My dropout rate would be three minutes. (laughs) <laughs> You'll be surprised, Lana. Oh my God, <laughs> that was one practice and you know experience which uh-huh. really turned my life around in the way of making me very introceptive and very uh-huh. very. I was a sensitive child growing up, being an introvert and all of that, uh-huh. and very very sort of uh, sensitive to others, empathic, you know, sharing. <laughs> But but this this vipassana practice really turned my life around with the experiences
0: Amazing. in the
1: mind body. I have to, to I have to do that.
0: I'm kind of sick and tired of talking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so dhamma.org is the website and I would invite you to check it out
0: okay. for sure. Amazing. Yeah. The most grateful person to you would be my
1: your husband. husband. <laughs> <laughs> Let me talk to him. I'll give him kidding. a list of things. <laughs> I'm just, I'm
0: just kidding. Prachi, what is battlefield acupuncture?
1: Thank you. Yeah, battlefield acupuncture is just a five wow. needle, small needles protocol. We call them uh-huh. ASP needles. Uh-huh. It's a five needle protocol for the ear. So, like the meridians, the energy channels in the body, uh-huh. they're. You know, there are several of them all running all over. The body is, the homunculus of the human body is represented on the ear. This right. is the head, this is the spine, and this is the, the legs and the lower back and everything. Lower body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there are several centers. So for example, Shenmen, um is one of the centers, and thalamus, and omega-2, and all of those points, which one of the... Uh, Armed Force physicians, Dr. Ne- uh, Nieptau, he mm-hmm. studied, you know, he was studying ear acupuncture, He learned from various traditions. and he, during the his armed force career, he figured out five points which he started using, and you know treating the colleagues and veterans. And he noticed a lot of improvement in pain and moods and functionality. So this is an evidence based protocol, which is being taught at the VA. Hmm. So I'm a instructor of battlefield acupuncture, mm-hmm. I've trained at the VA, and I've trained with Dr. Neemsa also in the advanced mm-hmm. BFA protocol.
0: Amazing. Amazing. And what about the eye rest yoga nidra?
1: Yeah. So that's, also, a modification or adaptation from Yoga Nidra. So, that was, um, that was Yoga Nidra. So, Yoga Nidra is the step by step, you know, sort of focusing on the body, on the breath, on the emotions, mm-hmm. sensation, and then transcending further, mm-hmm. deeper. Mm-hmm. So, the body uh, mind is still aware when you're sleeping, like in mm-hmm. the state of awareness and connecting with the inner peace and. Harmony and all of that. So, Mr. Dr. Richard Miller, who was also in the in the you know the VA, he uh, adapted uh, this protocol from Yoga Nidra and uh, called it i Rest because mm. he did add several of things after doing extensive studies and his own study with uh, various masters in the field.
0: Mm. Amazing. Yeah. Now quick jump to burnout before we wrap wrap it up burnout uh and stress related to work um i do lots of talks and um you know interaction with medical students with students of nursing the younger generation and what is your wisdom to younger generation um in terms of the prevention avoidance and the mileage how can they buy mileage for years to come you know what i mean yeah to to avoid the those you know the uh, underwater stones that all of us kind of the obstacles that we had to the the hoops we had to jump through so what's your wisdom to them
1: well i don't have much wisdom except what i would (laughs) <laughs> right you
0: working wisdom my dear <laughs> so okay, the shoot. only
1: only advice or re- you yeah. know sort of a tip i would re- uh, recommend is to start early and mm-hmm. to be consistent with any of these mind body practices which you feel drawn to whether it's breathing whether it's mindfulness practice whether it's meditative practice whether it's tai chi whether it's yoga postures or pranayama, whatever you want to practice, or biofeedback or autogenic, which is also self-biofeedback, self, self biofeedback, or clinical hypnosis, you know, self-hypnosis. I mean, guided imagery, there's so many tools which are available. So definitely try several of those. You can do acupressure for stress and anxiety and, you know, helping yourself with chronic pain, all of those things and also maybe advocate for systems change so not just you know work on the ground levels but definitely look at the system level and how to change organizations and institutions to make them more aware about you know getting enough sufficient time in your day allotted so advocating together Connecting with other people. We have lost connection with each other, right? And especially in the COVID era, when you stop seeing people face to face, it's all hidden behind masks and different kind of walls and virtual, all of that. And hasn't left us any time to really connect and develop meaningful relationships. It's very superficial and it's in the Mm -hmm. passing. You're not even able to.
0: Communities and Mm -hmm. person to person, personal touch and relationship. Yeah. So, so important. And um, how to develop motivation for this uh, consistency, consistency that you keep stressing, you know, consistent practices. Um, Motivation. Mm -hmm where does it come from in young generation and in general that to develop something you know consistency you need motivation yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and obviously
1: it's more internal motivation than external motivation Mm
0: -hmm. so really looking
1: deeper within yourself and reflecting Mm -hmm. about what you value in life and what you would like Yourself, how would you like to see yourself, you know, two years, five years mm-hmm. down the line, or maybe 20 years down the line, right? And mm-hmm. have that vision and work Respect. towards that. Yeah. And right. then it shifts and it, you know, working on restrictive beliefs, utilizing different techniques. If there's something which is holding you back from achieving that vision or that goal, thinking about your own meaning and purpose in life. Difficult to, you know, do that when you're just 25 years of age or young. Some people are lucky enough, they know what purpose Mm -hmm. they have on this Mm -hmm. beautiful planet. But some of us have to traverse all of these up and down and journeys and arounds Mm -hmm. and nooks and corners and then figure out our purpose. Yeah, Mm. and which is fine. But taking that time to really deeply reflect, on who you are and what you want in this life,
0: right right, and from your perspective, how can you pitch to the healthcare administrators and uh the you know the shareholders that uh, health, health of care, healthcare professionals is super important and their wellness is super important because that's exactly what you're doing, right? In your practice now, you are kind of running this, um, you know, perfect, you're in perfect job now. So you're taking care of health and wellness of patients, etc. And, um, how, how do you convey the, uh, to bridge the gap and not to weep them to, to death? Essentially, what do you tell them?
1: Sure. I mean that th- there's a lot of work being done. Like for example, mm-hmm. from Stanford, um, mm-hmm.
0: oh, group, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, there's a lot of research of how to bring about organizational change.
0: Mm-hmm. The
1: AMA has steps forward process, which a lot course. of the institutions and clinics can follow. Um, the protocol but those
0: those that um those places that they know the mm-hmm. They know the um, um, the background, they know the um, sort of, um, you know, the theoretical part, but fall short of actually following through mm-hmm. because of pressure from shareholders, pressure of, you know, um, uh, pay-for-service models, et cetera, et cetera. Um, how would you meet kind of between the needs of the healthcare professionals and the needs of the mm, the healthcare systems. Yeah. At this, so sh- at this moment.
1: Yeah. So shifting more from the profit-based to value-based. Yeah, right, um, right. You know, and looking for long-term and showing them the evidence. So talking to your administrator, talking to whosoever is are the bosses in the system, mm-hmm. starting with mid levels and going up and then showing them the evidence that the long-term payout for this much of time, extra time provided, or this much of extra investment in the front front end is going to pay up much more in the long term, not just only for the healthcare providers and workers and physicians and nurses, but also for the patients. Mm-hmm. So the population health and Talking about lifestyle medicine and sort of, you know, curating your job description and work after discussion with your administration and the leaders or, you know, your organization leaders. So talking about that, proposing some projects and things which you feel satisfied in, right. which engages you, which motivates you and which hopefully involves some of these mind body practices too. Right. all of those things. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah Yeah. and i think we will probably wrap up with my last question to you and um you're welcome not to answer if you (laughs) feel like if you're not um, sure about that but still i feel like asking you um, about the relationship between the cardiovascular disease and burnout of stress and the reversal Using mm-hmm. the proposed techniques that you use and the integrated medicine techniques, is there any evidence that by using certain techniques, we can reduce, you know, cardiovascular uh, events or reduce cardiovascular risk for that matter?
1: Sure. I mean, it's just starting, there's a lot of evidence in different areas of cardiovascular medicine, starting with, um, you know, um, Dr. Um, I'm forgetting his name now. <laughs> right? okay. so, who, who introduced the one with like plant-based diet and yoga and meditation? Uh, uh, Dean ornish. Yeah,
0: ornish. ornish? Yeah, Dr. Ornish.
1: Look at ornish, me. Ornish, right? Yeah, Dr. Ornish right. study, mm-hmm. you know, a couple mm-hmm. of decades back, starting right. with that and then evolving, you know, a lot of meditation practices, relaxation techniques, MBSR yoga, all of those have shown to be beneficial. And they're like for hypertension, there are several studies on biofeedback and there is like Tai Chi for Mm -hmm. cardiovascular conditions and risk factors, yoga therapy, which are shown to improve hypertension Mm -hmm. and also remembering how things are contributing to cardiovascular disease. High stress, you know, high cortisol, vasoconstriction, mm-hmm. worsening sugar control levels, all of those will contribute. Obesity, all of these, insomnia and poor lifestyle habits. So whatever benefit all of these complementary and integrative health modalities will provide to those conditions, indirectly, it's going to boil down to improvement in cardiovascular health overall.
0: Of course, of course. Well, listen, Rachi, Dr. Garodia, I should say, thank you so much, you know, for this discussion. I mean, I learned so much from you today. I benefited so much from this conversation and I hope that our listeners and our viewers did the same or will do the same. And I want to ask you, to just keep doing what you're doing and you are amazing you look healthy you look wonderful you exude energy and i thank you for your time to be here today on this episode of the Cardio podcast and thank you again
1: very grateful to be here and very inspired by your work lana
0: Thank you. And this is all for us today. This was your host, Dr. Svetlana Shamoon. Thank you for listening and watching. Subscribe to our new YouTube Seeds channel and give us your likes and see you soon. Thank you.
1: Bye-bye.